I like to cook, and the one thing I've come to learn is that the best way to improve the flavor of any dish is to make sure you're using high-quality ingredients, which is why I love using ButcherBox to get all my meat, poultry, and fish products. They are far and away the best option out there, so if you haven't yet ordered from them, I highly encourage you to give them a try today. Not only do they give you tons of options, you can get any cut you want, and it's always top of the line, but... It's also way more convenient than going to the butcher or grocery store. They always provide free delivery right to your door. They have awesome ribeyes, strip steaks, and steak tips that have all the right marbling. Chicken wings, breasts, and thighs full of flavor, and their fish is all wild caught with no additives. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs. Two pounds of ground beef or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash scarymysteries and use code scarymysteries to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key, new users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code SCARYMYSTERIES and get $20 off your first box. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode of Every Town is being sponsored by our good friends over at the Deadbolt Mystery Society, who have an awesome monthly subscription box service that, if you guys are fans of true crime and unsolved mysteries, you really need to check out. If you've ever wanted to know what it feels like to solve crime and become totally immersed in a mystery, then you have to get in on the Deadbolt Mystery Society. The mysteries vary, so sometimes they'll have you hunting down a killer, and other times you'll be solving a kidnapping or cold case disappearance. The box I'm investigating right now is a crazy one called Behind the Wall, where the remains of a reporter were discovered inside the wall of a house, and the creepy part is she appears to have been sealed within the wall, while she was still alive. One of the best things about these boxes is they encourage you to follow your instincts, and so there are times when you can check things like Facebook pages, phone numbers, and websites to gain insights. They have tons of reviews online from people that have joined, and 95% of them are five-star reviews. Go to deadboltmysterysociety.com today and use the code DEADBOLT20 to get 20% off any subscription or single box. Again, that's 20% off when you use the promo code DEADBOLT20. Come join the Deadbolt Mystery Society today. Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, October 2020. Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month is a compilation of the weird, disturbing, and downright baffling stories currently happening in our world. From UFOs to serial killers, ancient sites, mysterious creatures, and even ghosts. These are the strange and scary mysteries of the month for October 2020. Number 5. Circle of Hope Girls Ranch 
Every parent with a teenager knows how hard it can be to deal with them sometimes. So much so that in certain cases, they may even seek help from outside professionals and institutions that can offer assistance. One such place of this kind is named Circle of Hope Girls Ranch, located in the Midwest. But what if instead of offering help, the teens that attended there are actually being severely harmed? Circle of Hope was an all-girls boarding school near Humansville, Missouri, owned and operated by 71-year-old Boyd Householder, together with his wife, 55-year-old Stephanie, and their family. An archived version of their website says that they opened the ranch in 2006 to help girls who had made poor decisions in life. Offering care to those who wouldn't accept it from their parents or simply just didn't receive it, it was their mission to help them become God-loving and parent-honoring young people And they also made note that the facility primarily used the Bible to teach and reform their clients. However, Circle of Hope was not a regulated rehabilitation center, and because of this, to say the least, they didn't abide by any governed standards. Thus, Mr. Householder was free to implement any kind of treatment he sought fit in reforming his young pupils. In a controversial expose, Amanda Householder the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Householder, revealed how she and the girls suffered harsh and degrading treatment methods doled out at the ranch. For instance, they would be made to stand facing the wall for hours at a time if they were disobedient. They were also made to walk around quacking like ducks as another form of punishment. Violence was encouraged within the camp. In an interview, Joseph Askins, a close friend of the Householder's, said that during his visit at the ranch, he witnessed Boyd smacking a girl in the mouth, forcing one of them to chug water, and making another girl eat her own vomit. He also heard the man ordering the teens to assault each other, saying, Knock her out, I mean it, which was recorded on audio. In September of 2020, two former residents of Circle of Hope filed civil lawsuits against the administrators for physical and sexual abuse. One of the women, who wanted to remain anonymous, claimed that she had been restrained for more than an hour before Boyd's German Shepherd attacked her sometime between 2014 and 2015. She was also forced to work outside in freezing temperatures, wearing nothing but a dress slip. The woman, who was just 16 years old at the time, also said that Boyd's son had sexually assaulted and raped her repeatedly. Meanwhile, the other Jane Doe claimed that Mr. Householder had also sexually abused her over a period of six months back in 2015. The school has since been shut down months after the allegations of abuse and violence came out. Daughter Amanda made a TikTok account where in the bio was the description, My parents own an abusive boarding school for girls. This is my page exposing it. In August... All 25 girls living there were rescued by Cedar County authorities, but Mr. Householder remains free since there are only lawsuits pending and no current criminal charges. Number 4. Carla Walker The Wrigley Bowl parking lot in Fort Worth, Texas was a place where young people, like Carla Walker, liked to gather and hang out. And on the night of February 17, 1974, 
17-year-old Carla and her boyfriend, Rodney McCoy, were doing just that. McCoy played quarterback for the Western Hills High School, the same school that Carla went to and was a cheerleader at. The two were spending a romantic post-Valentine's date together when all of a sudden a man showed up and out of nowhere pointed a gun at the young man. He threatened to kill him before hitting him over the head, leaving him unconscious. When Rodney woke up, the young girl was gone and blood was gushing from his head. A search immediately ensued, but no sort of evidence was discovered pointing to where Carla was taken or who took her. Then three days after the disappearance, Carla's body was found, left in a ditch near Lake Benbrook in Tarrant County, Texas. During the initial investigation, detectives believed that the victim had been brutally beaten, raped, and tortured alive for two days after she was abducted. Medical examiners also found traces of morphine which had been injected into her, and the cause of her eventual death was determined to be strangulation. At the scene of the crime, the police were able to recover traces of semen on Carla's clothing and bra, and that evidence was then sent for analysis to a Fort Worth forensics lab. But forensics technology at that time was still limited, and they weren't able to connect it to any possible perpetrators. Meanwhile, authorities picked up several suspects, including a man named Glenn McCurley. He was identified to be a person of interest back in 1974 for owning a 22 Ruger rifle, the same weapon that matched a magazine found near the crime scene. The suspect, however, denied the accusation, saying that his gun was stolen around that time of the murder, and he simply opted to not report it. He also told investigators that he was working overtime as a truck driver during the time that the crime was committed. With his alibis checking out, plus the apparent lack of evidence, detectives decided not to pursue McCurley again. So, with no further leads to work on, the Carla Walker rape-murder case slowly went cold. For 46 years, her family was left devastated by her untimely death and the Fort Worth police frustrated that they couldn't find the individual responsible for the heinous crime. Then in March of 2019, Walker's case gained renewed interest after detectives discovered a letter related to the murder. While this new lead didn't result in a direct arrest, authorities opted to forward the old DNA evidence to a private criminal forensic entity with the hopes that they could shed new light on the mystery. GED Match a company that specializes in the science of forensic genealogy, hit a DNA profile match on McCurley. Unfortunately, this information couldn't be admitted into court as evidence, and so they turned to another company called Authorum to finally seal the deal. On July 7, 2020, operatives procured new DNA samples from the suspect by combing through his trash. Two months later, it was discovered that an item containing DNA material matched exactly to the male DNA profile found earlier on Walker's clothing. On September 10th of this year, police once again spoke to McCurley, who is now 77 years old, about his alleged involvement in the crime. The man yet again denied the allegations using the same old alibi. When formally asked for DNA samples, he complied, They were then taken to Othram for analysis, and six days later, it was confirmed that the swabs matched those on the victim's bra. Authorities immediately arrested the suspect, 
who is now being detained in the Tarrant County Jail with a bond set at $100,000. And after 46 years, it appears Carla's case has finally been solved. Number 3. Lawyer Throws Wife Overboard 62-year-old Lonnie Kakontes was a prominent lawyer formerly practicing in Irvine, California. Back in 2006, he and his third wife, Mickey Kenisaki, decided to go on a beautiful Mediterranean cruise. The two were already divorced but had reconciled and were planning to get remarried at the time the trip was made. And so, on May 21st of that year, they flew to Spain and boarded a ship that was planning on cruising down the coast of Italy. Lonnie had specifically requested for them to be placed in a room with a balcony, and four days later, they found themselves walking along the streets of Messina, Italy, one of the planned cruise stops. They returned to the ship later that evening, and this would be the last time Kenisaki was ever seen alive again. On that night, Lonnie strangled his wife to death and then threw her lifeless body overboard. He notified ship authorities the morning after that his companion went missing and told them that he believed she may have somehow fallen overboard after having too much to drink. When later asked by investigators, he told them that he woke up around 4.30 a.m. to find her gone from their cabin. On May 27th, the woman's body was discovered floating off the coast of Paola, Italy, and at the same time while Lonnie was on a plane headed back to California. Law enforcement, including the FBI, weren't sure as to what really happened, but they were skeptical of Lonnie's story and why he would leave the country so quickly rather than help look for his own wife. The Bureau kept their eyes on him, and in 2008, two years after the incident, he was investigated further when he was caught attempting to move over $1 million between various bank accounts which he shared with the deceased. The suspicious financial activity prompted the U.S. Attorney's Office to take possession of the accounts and put them on hold. Through a rigorous investigation, the man was eventually arrested at his home in Safe Harbor, Florida in February of 2013, where prosecutors accused Cacantes of plotting to kill his wife for financial gain. Aside from the million-dollar bounty, the man would have also taken full ownership of a home they once both owned. Throughout the years since his apprehension, a lot of unnerving development surfaced, including a statement from his fourth and now ex-wife, Amy Nguyen. She explained to authorities that her ex-husband had told her about his murder plan aboard that ship and how he pulled it off. Even while in custody, it was also revealed that Lonnie had attempted to hire people to kill Amy in order to prevent her from testifying during his murder trial. In the end, Lonnie, who almost got away with the perfect crime, was recently convicted and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole on September 18, 2020. Number 2. Suitcase Killer Fights to Overturn Conviction More than a decade since she was sentenced to life in prison on July 19, 2007, Melanie McGuire said in a recent interview that she was wrongfully convicted for the brutal murder of her ex-husband, Bill McGuire. Despite the evidence stacked up against her, she, along with her advocates, believed the real perpetrator is still out there. On May 5, 2004, 
a dark green Kenneth Cole suitcase was found bobbing in the waters of Chesapeake Bay. When it was pulled ashore, it was discovered that inside contained a pair of legs that had been cut from the knees down. A murder investigation was immediately launched and six days later, a second suitcase of the same make and model was found containing a person's head and torso. Meanwhile, the third and last suitcase was recovered on May 16th, and by then, the Virginia Beach police had released a composite sketch of the victim, later identified to be Bill McGuire. The body was discovered with fatal gunshot wounds, one to the head and a second to the chest. His wife of five years was then named as the primary suspect in the investigation. A heap of incriminating evidence was uncovered against the mother of two. For instance, two days before the incident, she bought a 38 caliber handgun along with bullets which she said were used for target practice. Coincidentally though, it was the same kind of ammunition found lodged in Bill's body. Toll records also showed that on May 3rd, the woman drove overnight around Delaware, which is the night the prosecutors say she was out tossing the suitcases containing her dead husband's remains from the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. It was reported that Melanie, a registered nurse, even attempted to have the record of toll charges made that night to be removed from her account history. Moreover, the luggage that contained the body parts happened to match a set that the wife had at their apartment in Woodbridge Township, New Jersey. Furthermore, the trash bags that were used to wrap Bill's remains before being placed in the suitcases were determined to come from the same roll of bags found at their home. On March 5, 2007, three years after the crime, the trial for the woman, now known as the suitcase killer, began and details were revealed. It was found out that the accused laced the victim's drink with sedative the night before the killing. The next day, she then took her kids to daycare and returned to find Bill still asleep. She used a pillow to muffle the gunshots and to prevent blood from splattering. After this, she dragged the victim's body into the shower and put plenty of ice over it to keep it from decomposing. Later on that day, she picked up her kids and took them to her parents' home in Barnegat. She returned to their apartment and drained the body of blood before chopping it up into various parts and then placing them in the Kenneth Cole suitcases. On July 19th, Melanie was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. The 47-year-old is currently serving out her term at the Edna Mahan Correctional Facility for Women in Clinton, New Jersey. Recently, Melanie and her lawyers have begun steps which aim to get a new trial for her where they believe they can get the conviction overturned. They say she is wrongfully incarcerated and that the killer is still somewhere out there. Number 1. The Happy Scientist John Krampf, who goes by the name The Happy Scientist on YouTube, was known for his contribution in popularizing science and technology to kids and adults alike. After attending the University of Tennessee and taking up geology, he pursued his career by working at the Pink Palace Museum and Planetarium in Memphis as an educator. This newfound passion in teaching pushed him to quit his job at the museum and he began his mobile science education program where he traveled around the U.S. for seven years. 
This one-man show, which he called Mr. Electricity, was rather well-received as it began to garner widespread media attention. Aside from these shows, he would also do private performances for patients in select hospitals. During his stint as a traveling educator for Florida Power and Light between 2000 and 2001, he was able to engage more than 100,000 young students from 200 public elementary schools around the state. In addition to his real-world educational shows, Cramp started creating and uploading videos on YouTube around 2006. Recently, however, the popular science educator has been charged with receiving and possessing a huge amount of child pornography, and the 64-year-old was indicted on September 16, 2020, and is currently detained inside the Washington County Jail. His channel, which has recently been taken down by YouTube as of late September, was able to amass millions of views even though it only had about 8,000 subscribers. In connection to this, he also made the Happy Scientist website, where he could better organize his YouTube video materials, as well as offer a much deeper insight on several subjects. In a press briefing, Dixie State University police said that they found thousands upon thousands of pornographic images and videos that featured prepubescent children during their raid at Cramps Home in Kane County, Utah. His arrest was part of a much larger operation conducted by the FBI's Child Exploitation Task Force, and they were able to seize over 20 external hard drives from him filled with lewd and sexual content. During the interrogation, the famed YouTuber admitted to downloading multiple files of child abuse material, the most recent of which was made in August of 2020. Judging by the sheer amount of stuff he had, investigators were led to believe that he had been doing this for a long time already. This disturbing activity came to light thanks to an entrapment operation made on Craigslist. There, an operative posing as a pedophile had been inviting anyone who was interested to spend time with a child that they knew. Cramp was apparently one of those who responded to the ad. This federal offense, should he be proven guilty, will land him up to 20 years in prison for knowingly receiving child pornography and another 20-year sentence for possession of such materials. So there were the strange and scary mysteries of the month for October 2020. Every day we encounter strange and disturbing stories that most of us don't know what to make of. These are just a handful, but there's still so many more to uncover. If you guys enjoyed watching this video, then please subscribe and hit the notification bell because every week we have multiple videos coming out for you to check out. Recently, I did an interview with the guys over at the Credence and Bishop show where we talk about some fun and freaky topics. Check that out at the link below and give them a like and sub if you like what they're doing.